Hello, everyone, and welcome to Celtic Preacher Podcast 102. Today, Jesus has a conversation with a man called Bartimaeus. And the thing that struck me about this particular con- conversation was the question that Jesus asked him. And the question that Jesus asked was, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? Now, that's interesting to me because last week, same chapter, we're in Mark's Gospel, chapter 10, it was the same question he asked the Zebedee brothers. What do you want me to do for you? So I've been thinking about that question because it's come up twice. It must have been a favorite question of Jesus. And I've been thinking about what if... What if we were asked that question? What do you really want? What do you really want me to do for you? So that's where I'm going with this. That's where I'm going with this. You know, in in Mark's gospel, actually, this is all the the gospel just means good news. There's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all talk about the gospel because they all speak about the good news of Jesus. And one thing that's really, really common is is that throughout all these first four books of the New Testament, most people who encounter Jesus really don't understand him at all. And this includes his closest students. They really don't know who he is. And, I mean, they know he's a teacher. They know he's a rabbi. They know he's a healer. They know he's wise, right? The people who like him you know, know he's a wise teacher, but most of the time that's all they know. And I think this is still true 2,000 years later. You know, when you think about this whole idea of who Jesus is, most for most people, he's, he's just another teacher, another wise teacher from years gone by. And, and that's pretty much it, which, of course, <laughs> is really <laughs> not what the not what the scripture teaches at all. I mean, wow, it's like he, this one well, This one was before the foundation of the world. This Jesus was before the foundation of the world. Do you have any idea who this one is? I mean, I think if we did truly grasp it, we'd be hanging on every word, right? We'd be hanging on his every word. But... Most of the time in the New Testament, people really don't know who he is. And even the disciples, even like last week, we looked at the Zebedee brothers, the sons of thunder in Mark 10. They don't know who Jesus is. Or they wouldn't have asked him for clout and authority and some power. You know, let's give us a good position when we get into your royal cabinet, Jesus. Hey, when you set up your kingdom and everything's going just the way we want and We get rid of these Romans and we're in charge here. We want to be in positions of authority. It's like, do you have any idea what you're asking? Jesus said. No, they didn't. Or the week before that, again in Mark 10, the rich young man, same thing. He was invited to come and follow. He said, nah, cost is too high. So just within this one chapter of Mark 10, You know, we have a couple of narratives, a couple stories back to back. 
that tell us that people really have trouble getting who Jesus is. However, occasionally, occasionally there are people like Bartimaeus who see him for who he is. And I mean see in the fullest sense here, because actually Bartimaeus is actually the story of the healing of a blind man. But uh, yeah, well, he might have started off physically blind, but Bartimaeus was highly perceptive. So anytime in the scripture that you hear an account of a healing of a blind man or someone who can't hear the deaf, you know, the ears being opened of the deaf, there's always like several meanings to that. You know, on the surface level, it could be just read as, oh, this is an account of a man who was healed. He couldn't see and now he can. But at a deeper level, a deeper understanding, we're looking at that phenomena of when you really don't see something clearly, a situation, um, a conflict, uh, maybe you're looking for some guidance, you're not sure, you're confused, and then all of a sudden, you see. You're, you perceive something. You have an epiphany. You have that aha moment. Well, that's what we call, you know, spiritual discernment. Or, another way you could say it, my eyes were opened. Yeah? I once was blind, but now I see. Amazing grace, right? That's what that's about. So, again, most of the people who met Jesus misunderstand him. And one of the lessons for us is we cannot receive what we truly want or need from Jesus without insight into who he is. Right? This is the one who was there before the foundation of the world. If he's just some other cool teacher, you know, you're not going to be asking for much, right? Right? not going to be expecting much. So, you know, the whole idea of knowing who he is, I mean, that's what prayer is. Prayer's really about this. I mean, we're not going to be asking or expecting much at all if we, if we believe in God, but if we think, well, God doesn't really care, or God's not really concerned about my petty little issues or well, if that's what we believe, that's what we'll get. Bartimaeus, on the other hand, it's a story about a man who asks for healing because he actually believes that Jesus can do it. So it's just worth considering. Am I not receiving because I'm not asking? That is one of the themes, one of the teachings in the New Testament. That was James that said that, gave, gave that line. It's a great line. Am I not receiving because I'm not asking? See, because if there's no expectation, or if you don't think that God is interested or concerned, well, we're not going to be receiving much, right? If we, th if we think that, well, God doesn't really care about such things, well, Jesus teaches God cares about everything. There's not a sparrow that falls to the ground and dies, but God doesn't care. So, yes, God cares, 
about all the things that you're going through. And God listens. So here's the text. And I'm going with this line, what do you want me to do for you? It's a great question because how we answer it will give us some insight into ourselves. And it will also give us insight into our understanding of God. And I might add that the way that you first answer that question might not be your last answer. I mean, it can change. You know, immediately when I say something like, what do you want me to do for you? You might have something in your mind. But it's good to just wait on this one. Just ask that question over two or three days. Here's the, here's the passage, very briefly. Jesus and his disciples are, are still on this journey to Jerusalem. The blind man, Bartimaeus, heard that Jesus was nearby and he begins to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, he's never been called the son of David in Mark up to this point. And that's kind of a significant title because way, 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 way back, like a thousand years earlier, King David, one of the ancient kings of what we call the Old Testament, the belief was, the ancient people believed that from the Davidic line, from David's ancestral line, would come a promised one. That one would be the Messiah, and that one would usher in a new, what they call a kingdom, but it's really a new way of living and being. So the understanding was pretty limited. Basically, it was God's going to send someone that's going to save us. And that someone is going to come from King David's ancestral line. So when Bartimaeus is saying, this is the one, this is son of David, have mercy on me. He's really saying, I think this is the Messiah. I think this is the one from, I think this is the descendant of David that we've been waiting for for hundreds and hundreds of years. He's the one. He's the Messiah. He's the Savior. He's the Christ. The Christ just means the anointed one. Well, the crowd around him rebuked him. It's like, who shut him up? Who is this guy? But Bartimaeus is persistent and he shouts even more. He's not going to be, he's not going to be, you know, he's not going to be kept quiet. Jesus hears him calling and he invites him to come over. And the crowd say, hey, you're in luck, you know, the crowd, the, Jesus is calling you over. Bart throws off his cloak and goes to Jesus and Jesus asks this question, what do you want me to do for you? Now, you might think, well, isn't it obvious what he wants? I mean, he's blind. He's a beggar. Of course, he wants a healing, right? Well, apparently, Jesus wants him to articulate it. So he says, what do you want? And Bart says, I want to see. And he received a sight immediately. And he begins to follow. Now, this is unusual. Now, that line, when it says, follow me, when he begins to follow, it's follow as in, I want to learn from this one. 
I want to know this one. I want to be next to this one. All he wants to do is see and follow and know Jesus. It's like, I, I need to be near him. He's, he's the answer. He's the one. He can show me the way. Now, so Bart follows him very, very different from the Zebedee brothers last week, right? The Zebedee brothers want to be seen by other people. Yeah, we want to be the boss. We want to, you know, tell people what to do. Bartimaeus, on the other hand, is like, I just want to see so I can follow you. I just want to see so I can come and follow. I mean, he's sort of lifted up as an ex uh, example of a true follower of Christ. This one that you would, of course, least expect is lifted up as an example. It's like, look at this one. He actually wants to follow. Even if it's going to be hard, even if suffering is involved, even if there's a cost involved, even if it's not going to be easy, this Bartimaeus wants to follow. Now, you know, if you've listened at all to any of these podcasts, you know that with every story, with every account, every narrative, there's many, many different ways you can apply these texts for today. Many different ways. Like if you were at home just reading this text, there's, I don't know, 20 different, you know, points that you could ponder, think about. But for me this week, I was just struck by this one question what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? And, uh, you know, how, how we answer that for ourselves gives you a lot of insight. You know, it gives you a lot of insight. Now, you, you know, when you first hear that, you might think, well, what do you want me to do for you? you might, your first thought might be, well, I want another job or I would really like a new partner. I just want a partner or I'd like a new house or I just want my kids to be happy. Or I want my grandchildren to, to do well. And there's nothing wrong with any of these desires, right? But if you keep on asking the question, the answer begins to change. And your first thought might not be your last thought, right? It's a little bit like an onion, right? You start to just, that's the thing about repeated questions, by the way. A repeated question is like the skin of an onion. A new layer appears, and then you just you ask yourself the question again, and then another layer comes off, and then another layer comes off, and then eventually you get to the core, right? You get to the core. So your first answer isn't necessarily the one that you'll keep. And maybe this is why Jesus likes this question. He wants James, he wants John, he wants Bartimaeus to say it out loud. What do you really, really want? Name it, articulate it. What do you really want? Um, yeah, it's like, what do you want me to do for you? That thought, that question can reveal our deepest desires if we can articulate it, if we can put it into words, what do we want? See, if we can't put our deepest desires into words, it's unlikely we're ever going to find it, right? Bartimaeus knows exactly what he wants. 
I want to see and I want to follow. And he's persistent. He's persistent. When those around him tell him to be quiet and stop making a fuss, he shouts all the louder. So he's not easily discouraged, right? There's this tough, persistent quality about him. I really think that's a necessary characteristic in our lives, our spiritual lives, our emotional lives. I think we have to be tough and persistent because we're not necessarily going to be surrounded and affirmed by people for following the Christ. No way. Not everyone's going to understand why we do what we do. Not everyone's going to understand why we value what we value. Right? Yeah, it's like once we know what we truly want, and that might take a little time, might take a little time getting to the heart of what we truly need. I think persistence is needed. And, you know, when we're praying, of course, we're not informing God of our needs. God God already knows all our desires and needs, right? So prayer isn't telling God anything. Prayer is simply putting ourselves in a position to receive. That's all prayer is. We're, we're, we're putting ourselves in a position to receive. But oftentimes, persistence is necessary because, I mean, that's why Jesus said, when you pray, don't lose heart. Why? Why would he say that? Well, because he knows. You know, God <laughs> doesn't seem to mind us waiting. You know, God is never in any hurry, it seems. You know, prayer isn't about efficiency. It's not pray so you can get things done faster. Sometimes our heart's desires or prayers, I mean, you could be years before clarity comes, before an answer comes, before an insight comes, before we perceive things differently. Yeah. Waiting is more common than immediate answers. You know, it's like Bartimaeus, you know. He sees, this is the one. This is who can help me. This is the one. You know, when we get these aha moments, it's like when a prayer's answered of some in some way, sometimes with prayer it's like, oh now I know why you said no to that request, or oh now I know why that didn't work, or now I know why I ended up here, or now I know why that relationship didn't work out or that job, or now it's making sense. Yeah, because you get some insight into it. You get some insight. So like Bartimaeus, I was just struck by his persistence. And then that whole idea, if he really knew what he wanted, I just want to see so I can follow. And I want to encourage you with that whole idea of sitting with that question. What do you want me to do for you? Because that, I think, can reveal, you know, really our, our deepest needs and desires. And that's what prayer is. It's pouring these desires and needs out to God. And you know, God is able to come and, it's funny, change our prayers over time. You know, it's like the Spirit comes and can actually change our prayer. It's like, yeah, I thought I wanted that, but you know, I really don't. I think this is what I need now. That's the Spirit. 
That's the Spirit. So there's the prayer. There's the heart cry. God, God, help me to be persistent and keep looking to you and show me. Take these layers off. Show me what I truly desire and truly need so that I can go after it with your help. Well, thank you for joining me. You've been listening to Celtic Preacher. Join with me again next week for another episode.